Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, October 14th. I'm arts and culture writer Alicia Ramirez. And I am Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. Before we get started on the news, please head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash broadwayradio or broadwayradio.com slash patreon to back us if you haven't already. All right, Matt, we've got a pair of big news stories coming out of the nonprofit sector in New York on Tuesday. Beginning with the announcement that the openings of Intimate Apparel and Flying Over Sunset have been moved to the fall of 2021. In addition to Flying Over Sunset and Intimate Apparel, Lincoln Center plans to produce an additional LCT3 production at the Claire Tao Theater for the 2021-2022 season and an additional Mitzi Newhouse Theater production in the spring of 2022. Secondly, the New York Philharmonic shared plans to return in the fall of 2021 as well. According to CEO and President Deborah Borda, it is the first time in 178 years that the New York Philharmonic has canceled an entire season. That's that's 178 years. I am not good enough at math to do that off the top of my head, but that's a long, long time ago, <laughs> Alicia. Um, that's uh, that's so sad, and so many people. Uh, and so many organizations ha- are having to share bad news like that. But what's so interesting about that Lincoln Center news, Alicia, is that you mentioned the fact that they announced that they're going to have two additional shows added to their off-Broadway schedule for 2021-2022. And despite the fact that we are now in month seven or whatever, almost exactly to the day uh, mm-hmm. of this lockdown, and we've still got five, six, seven and a half months left until the earliest that Broadway can return, although potentially smaller theaters might return before that. I'm still get excited about the idea of new shows um, being announced. Like that's the stuff that I love the, the the shows and the castings and the scheduling and the logistics and the producing side of things. That's the stuff I love. And that's the stuff we normally talk about on today on Broadway. Yeah, Although I love that too. Yeah, there's not a lot of that to talk about. But still, despite all of the hurdles that have to come before these shows even have the opportunity to be announced, like I'm still excited to know that even with all of the horribleness that's happened to the industry and will continue to happen to the industry during this pandemic, like they're still planning on stuff in the future. And that at least gives me some solace and something to look forward to. Yeah, definitely. Same here. Do you have any fond memories at the New York Philharmonic? I have never been um, because I'm not a New York resident and, and never have been. Like, I, That's just not something that I've been to. But I feel like after they've been closed for you know, for the first time in 178 years, like I feel like that's something I need to add to the list, whether it's as a tourist or a potential future New York resident. But um, do you? Because I, 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 perhaps maybe you've gone more often since you live there. I do. My fondest memory is Sweeney Todd in 2014 with Emma Thompson, Audra McDonald, oh, and Christian Morrill. Yeah, and uh, who was who played Sweeney in that? I think I, uh, hmm. I can picture him. I think he was British, was he not? Yes. I yes. can picture him. I can't remember his name, but uh, but Stand yeah, by. That's, okay. I'm standing, <laughs> standing by. You know what? I take that back. I have seen something of the New York Philharmonic while you're uh-huh. Googling. I saw yeah. 
I saw Company with uh, Neil Patrick Harris and Patty Lapone and um, uh, Stephen Colbert and uh, Martha Plimpton and all of those people. Uh, just a, an amazing cast. So I, gosh, is that a decade ago? Uh, seven years ago? I don't know how long ago that was. Uh, but yeah, so I have I have seen something at the New York Phil. That is so cool. I I'm definitely jealous. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. So it says here, live from Lincoln Center. Sweeney Bryn Terfel. Yeah, I knew that. That's why I couldn't remember, though, because I couldn't pronounce his name. So uh, better better you doing it than me. So next up, Jack Thorne's adaptation of Christmas Carol will make a Broadway return in 2021. Fingers crossed. A Christmas <laughs> Carol is also planning a tour with stops in Las Vegas and Los Angeles. Tour dates and stops will be announced later. And the show played the Lyceum Theater on Broadway last year, and it featured Tony winners LaShans and Andrea Martin. We talked about this earlier in the week. I think it might have been the episode I did with James. This is going to be one of the old Vicks in-camera shows oh, later yeah. this year. They're going to do like the full production. So um, I missed it when I was in town. I guess that was last November. Uh, but I heard such great things about it. Like, I'm so glad that it's coming back, both on the screen version that we're going to see later this year, but that this as well. I hope this becomes a tradition because I heard uh, it was such a unique and interesting show that I hope it's one of those uh, that comes back every year or every few years uh, as, as a holiday tradition on Broadway. Yeah, I hope so too. Didn't they do that with Elf? For a oh yeah, of- they've done that with that, and um, Elf came back, and then wasn't Broadway necessarily, but we had um, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that was on Broadway too, but then we had um, they did a Christmas Carol musical version, the Aaron's and Flaherty or and Flaherty version um, at Madison Square Garden uh-huh. for a yeah. long time. So we've got these occasionally, but it's those they're usually musicals, and they're usually like kitty type shows this one seemed at least from the press materials and the discussions i heard a little more serious and dark just as artistically interesting but um but i love this idea yeah i do too just like i like it serious and dark <laughs> <laughs> all right but given the status of things i can only hope in in person theater is back in commission oh. at that time but i can't help but add a big tbd to yeah. this announcement i let's check back Oh, yeah. When and it's th- closer to the day. Yeah, it, it's oh, yeah. Okay. Really, you had to bring it. I was excited about stuff for a while there, Alicia, and then you had to bring me down. Thanks a lot. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> you, you can cut that out if you want. No, no, no. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> so, in other news, every Saturday in October, Madame Tussaud in New York will hold Broadway performances at 2 p.m. From the balcony of their A-list room, each Saturday will feature a new performer, and the series actually started on October 10th with our favorite Ali Ewald, who starred as Christine in Phantom. Also performing this month will be Care Lindsay of Newsies and John Riddle of Frozen. If, like me, you need some convincing, the link in the show notes will include a video of Ali's performance and FYI. The reason why I say convincing is that I'm not attending any no. in-person events. It's nothing against Ali's talent or Kara's or John's. Well, and I think they said something about these are going to be socially distanced performances. And I don't know if that means the performer is socially distanced or they're going to do that somehow with the audience. I just, I mean, like, look, I love Kara Lindsay. I got 
um, my niece a cameo from Kara Lindsay for her birthday last month. So I love Kara Lindsay. It's so sweet. But like, I, is that enough to get someone to go to Madame Tussauds? Like, I, I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I know. So I'm, I'm sure there's an audience for it. Yeah, and I, I would like, and that is normally something that I would be all over, you know, trying to see a Carol Lindsay concert or, uh, or Allie or John. But it's just like I, 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 I appreciate the hustle. I just don't know if this is the exact thing to be doing right now. Over at Paper Mill Playhouse in New Jersey, they announced casting for the first two productions streamed for the stage. This is major because. These are the first shows produced on the paper mill stage since the pandemic shut down the theater in March. The first one is Sing in a New Year. It will bring a roster of Broadway performers back to paper mill to perform holiday favorites. Performers include Broadway Radio guest Rob mm-hmm. McClure. You guys talked about Miscast not mm-hmm. long ago. Mauricio Martinez, Elena Shadow, Mamie Paris, Rima Webb, and Christopher Sieber. Next up will be Some Enchanted Evening, the songs of Rogers and Hammerstein, featuring Ashley Blanchett, Belinda Ailing, and Donna English. Yeah, those are great. I've actually seen a production of Some Enchanted Evening before, and it's a, it's a fun little review, but I think uh, both of these will be uh, will be really worth checking out if you are a Paper Mill subscriber, because I think you can only see them if you subscribe to their whole season. So, um, But definitely worth checking out, because all of their shows are going to be streamed whether you are in New Jersey or not. Cool. I will definitely be watching them. So, next up, Howell Binkley, A Celebration of Light and Love... A video tribute in memory of the late Tony-winning lighting designer will be presented on October 25th. This tribute will be streamed on HowellBinkley.com beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and will feature stars like Lee Manuel Miranda and Cameron McIntosh. Yeah, he was such a, a legend in the, the theater world and especially in the lighting world uh, that this is probably... Uh, a very fitting tribute to have people talk about him. And I would, I hope that they show a lot of his designs beyond, you know, Hamilton's lighting is incredible, but I hope that uh, they show some more of that because I think it's so cool to celebrate parts of the community that we don't get to see. And especially when you're able to tie it into one of the most prolific and celebrated members of that section of the community. Um, I, I would love to see parts of his portfolio, so to speak. And I hope they use that to, to, uh, to celebrate a lot of the great work that he's done over the years. Yeah, I hope so, too. Before we move on to the recommendations I want to share with you, as I was working on the script, I saw on social media that Playbill.com has a new creative director. Yeah, I, I didn't know they had a new creative director. I know, I thought, I, I think I knew the editor was leaving. Um, but who yeah, is, I did, too. Who's the new creative director? The new creative director is Brian Campione. I am not familiar with him. I am looking at Brian's bio here on Twitter, and it says here, creator of Broadway Buzz. Oh! Yeah, also executive director of Rock and Roll Debauchery, <laughs> IBM Game Changer, X, all opinions are my own, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, I'm just mentioning this to congratulate Brian. Very interesting. Yeah, I'm very familiar with Broadway Buzz. Cool. Exciting. So now on to the first recommendation. It's a must read 
that comes at the heels of last week's memo that Broadway is expected to resume performances in May of 2021. This one came out on Tuesday via the New York Times from Michael Paulson. In this article called Broadway Will Be a While, these venues say they're ready now. He explains that nonprofit venues like St. Anne's Warehouse and Park Avenue Armory, both in New York, are trying to use what he calls their architectural advantages to see if they can reopen sooner rather than later. And for this story, he talks to Alex Poots, artistic director and chief executive of The Shed. And for mm. those of you who aren't familiar, this cultural center opened last year in the new Hudson Yards. And also, he spoke with Patricia Cruz, the executive director of Harlem Stage, and Stephen M. Cohen, the co-chair of the New York Forward Advisory Board. I don't want to give away any spoilers, but this story only reaffirms my stance that nonprofit theaters are the ones that are going to get us out of this rut. Mm. The point I'm about to make seems repetitive. It's almost seven months into this, but the way this can actually happen is if we have government support from the local and federal levels. Yeah, I, and that goes beyond just financial support. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. It needs to be. The, the the government needs to give some sort of clear timeline on on what they're planning to do, not just in terms of like allowing things to reopen, but what they're planning mm -hmm. to do um, on a timeline when it comes to a vaccine, what the timeline is going to be for that vaccine to not only be approved, but then to be rolled out and available to other people. What's the charge going to be? Is it going to be free? Are they going to have to charge for it? Is it going to have to go through insurance? Um, obviously, multiple doses? Yeah. Great point. Yeah. So, I mean, there's those kind of things. There's also obviously the incredible need for, relief funding both for organizations and for individuals but you're right i mean it, it we've said it a number of times but it, it, every new story we have kind of seems to kind of bring up a different point is that organizations especially arts organizations but it applies to businesses in general are kind of being left out on their own and it, it is so frustrating because while i would not necessarily categorize myself as a down and out capitalist like these organizations are organizations that people rely on, both people that work there and for people who need those services for one reason or another. Um, mm -hmm. And so while I can not all that care all that much about if big businesses get get um, you know buyouts, I do care about the people that are affected by those businesses, large or small, uh, not getting you know bailouts or, or benefit money or whatever. So I'm I'm hoping that we get some sort of guidance from federal, state, local, municipality governments. Um, on all of these different things sooner rather than later. But I, you know, I don't know if that will actually happen until January, you know, knock on wood, that we get something that can help us uh, uh, kind of see some sort of light at the end of the tunnel. I agree with you there. And for the last recommendation, it's a feel-good non-reading mm. recommendation. And it's over at Entertainment Tonight. I know I'm early with this recommendation, Never early. considering that we're in mid-October, <laughs> but this is a video of Aaron Tveit and Laura Osnos singing Winter Wonderland. And for context, they are starring in an upcoming Hallmark movie called The Royal Holiday, and it premieres on October 31st. And I believe this is the first movie from the holiday season that premieres in the network, so... 
this is great. We I've actually talked about the trailer of this as a recommendation before. Maybe it was with Ashley. Uh-huh. So I'm super excited about these. I love these. Um, so uh, very fun and very cool. I have been on record as somebody who literally makes podcasts for a living, that my goal is to someday make a podcast about Hallmark movies. So um, I love the, every single thing about this, this, uh, this recommendation. Yes. So thank and- you. Of course. And whenever you get started on that podcast, I will be listening. (laughs) I love them so much. I love Hallmark movies. Yeah, me too. And if there's a group of people who can get me into the Christmas spirit ahead of time, it's Aaron and Laura. Yeah, absolutely. Just, Just FYI. So that is all for today. Thank you for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at AveramiraScar31. Matt, where can people find you? Uh, They can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at BWWMATT. Don't forget to back us on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. Have a great Wednesday and we'll talk to you soon.